Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And some big news dropped today. The Giants, just ahead of the legal tampering period, are signing Sterling Shepard to a one-year contract extension. He's back with the team. Young Shep, now veteran Shep, missed the majority of last season after tearing his ACL in Week 3, but was still proving to be a very solid player through those first three games before going down with that unfortunate injury. Now, there was a lot of talk going into this offseason. Will the Giants bring back Shep? How injured... How many injuries is too many injuries? Is he at the point where he might consider retiring? Well, no, he's decided that he's going to stay and he's going to stay with the Giants after pretty much serving the entire season as a leader and kind of almost as like an assistant coach on the sideline for the Giants. So I'm really excited about this, Alex. I want to get your take on it. I think that Shep, listen, a lot of fans were ready to move on because of the injuries, but I still think that this is a player who is very valuable for everything that he does on and off the field on the sidelines. So I'm happy to see Shep back. So we're going to go ahead give our takes on it dive into it reaction analysis before we do make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode and subscribe to the channel if you're new without further ado alex how are you doing today my friend and what are your thoughts on sterling shepherd re-signing with the giants well shout out to anthony for pushing through with the uh sore throat you can hear it in his voice but nonetheless he's here to continue giving us fantastic analysis and we're talking about sterling shepherd today as he mentioned and shep is a interesting player right if this we don't know the contract just yet but it looks like the Giants are putting the whole band back together. You know, we got Daniel Jones back under contract. We got Saquon Barkley on the franchise tag. You got Sterling Shepard coming back. Is Odell, I feel like Odell Beckham Jr. coming back is like destiny. You know what I mean? Like really just putting everyone back together. It feels kind of weird that everyone's coming back and, you know, obviously maintaining what we had in 2022. But Shepard, a lot of people are on the fence about him, right? And, and, and I totally get it for what it's worth. The guy is not reliable. And that is objectively true. He is not reliable. But at a minimum cost, what's the harm? You know what I mean? If he's making a veteran minimum deal, he's not making much, and he's able to give you half a season of production, maybe, you know, he's injured for a couple games at the beginning, but then he actually is available during the postseason. Maybe they just keep him healthy, don't, don't use him as a primary guy, and that way he's healthy down the stretch. Maybe it just kind of manages workload a little bit so that way he can be healthy, and the Giants are, tra- are changing that turf at MetLife, so... Who's to say that he doesn't, you know, finally escape a season unscathed? Obviously, coming off an ACL tear isn't ideal, but then you have OBJ doing the same thing. So maybe they'll be working out together and working through this stuff. And then, of course, you have Wandale Robinson also. So if the Giants were to go get OBJ, you're looking at three receivers coming off uh, ACL tears as your primary weapon. So it's certainly not the best uh, strategy if I've ever seen one, but it'd be kind of fun to see the whole band back together nonetheless. And Sterling Shepard... Um, on a veteran minimum deal, I mean, you can objectively say that's a fine decision, right? The Giants, are, you're, you're talking about less than a million dollars, like a million dollars, not much at all. Um, what are you getting in, in return for that? Maybe you're getting Zion Gilbert, who shouldn't be on anyone's team. You know what I mean? Like, that money just rolls over into a player who can actually produce when he is healthy. Sterling Shepard, when healthy, is a guy you can rely on. He's someone that uh, produces. He can get open. He's a good separator. He's fine. He's a, he's a great guy in the locker room. He's the glue that holds it all together. Um, so I, I love to have him in that. He's kind of the energizer bunny of the, of the sideline when he's not healthy. So even when he's injured, he offers this team a lot of value you um off the field so I think there is something to be said about that he's kind of like a coach in a player's role 
Uh, so if you're looking at Sterling Shepard and you're kind of like pissed off that, he, that the Giants signed him, as long as this is a veteran minimum deal, which I think it probably is, I don't see any harm in this signing. It's not going to hurt the Giants significantly. It's not going to you know disrupt their ability to go out and bring another player in. This is going to be such a small amount of salary space allocated to a player. It's literally just having him around is what's so valuable. And if he does uh, come back and able to contribute in some way, some form, it's going to end up being in a good deal for the Giants, Anthony. So when you're looking at Sterling Shepard, where do you see the most of his value coming? You know, coming off ACL tear, of course, we're not entirely sure how much he's going to be able to offer next season. But there are some things he can do, even if he's not on the football field. Yeah, I mean, even Brian Dable said it himself, he's one of the best leaders. Sterling Shepard is one of the best leaders he's ever been around. And the Giants made it a priority to keep this guy because of what he provides, not only on the field, and I understand he's not on the field a whole lot. He's missed 33 games across the past three seasons. Like, Shepard is never on the field playing with pads, but he does go to every game on the sideline. A lot of injured players don't do that. They don't have to be on the sideline. They don't have to be as charismatic and as involved in the game plan and as involved with the players as he is but Shepard goes to every game he is just the perfect definition of a good teammate and I think there is a lot of value in that especially Alex because we're looking ahead to this draft and we're talking about the Giants hopefully going and getting a top wide receiver in the first round well that young guy is going to need some veteran leadership needs a mentor and I think Sterling Shepard could perfectly be that mentor for him also I do think it's interesting that the Giants have been reportedly so interested in OBJ dating all the way to the midway point of last season and now just ahead tomorrow is the legal legal tampering period if the Giants want to go out and sign some players it's going to happen tomorrow but right before that happens they extend uh, Sterling Shepard who is Odell Beckham Jr.'s best friend on a one-year deal I feel like there's just there's that's not a coincidence right I mean for Saquon Barkley's going to be back now Sterling Shepard's coming back, and you just have to think, maybe Odell Beckham Jr. is also coming back, and I actually think it would be pretty cool to see happen. But with Sterling Shepard, what does he provide on the field? Because, you know, we talked about it, Alex. He does offer a lot off the field, on the sidelines, being that coach player. But on the field, do you think at this point in his career, 30 years old, coming off of another season-ending injury, how much do you really think he can provide? What are your expectations for his performance this season? I mean, expectations have to be low. I mean, we're looking at last year, he put 151, 154 yards on the football field and a touchdown. The last time he, he you know, had over 400 receiving yards is back in 2020. He was 27 years old. And for what it's worth, he's still only 29. He's not that old. You know, he could still have, or he just turned 30, 30 days ago, rather. So, you know, he's not the oldest person out there. He's the same age as DeAndre Hopkins, um, a couple other really top-end receivers. Again, he's not DeAndre Hopkins, and he's not, you know, reliable based on the health history. But look, if I'm guessing what he can offer this team, it's Wandell Robinson's backup. That's kind of how I see him. You know, both of them coming off ACL tear, similar timing. I see Wandell Robinson as their primary slot guy. Isaiah Hodgins is going to be a starter. You know, he's going to be a wide receiver three. Hopefully, hopefully he's a wide receiver. That means we get two more receivers who are better than him. Um, and then you have Sterling Shepard, who's kind of like a reserve. You know, he doesn't have to be a starter anymore because the Giants need to make significant improvements. If they go out and draft a Jordan Addison or a Quentin Johnston or a Zay Flowers or a Jalen Hyatt or a JSN, or maybe they sign OBJ or McCole Hardman or, you know, Paris Campbell. There's a ton of guys. Obviously, in the mid-rounds, talk about Michael Wilson. Um, we talked about Andreas Yossi. Uh, there's a lot of you know deeper targets that we've mentioned, um, and I imagine the Giants are going to add a couple receivers this year, no matter what it looks like. Sterling Shepard should not be a starter anymore. I don't think he really should be. I think he should be a reserve. He should be the first guy to come in, 
um, to supplement Wondell Robinson if he needs some break. He needs, you know, kind of maybe you just platoon uh, the uh, slot position. That way you have two guys coming off ACL tears. You don't want to lean into them a little bit too much. You don't want to overwork them. Maybe you just platoon that spot for a little while um, until they're both kind of working their way back and they look strong. And then you roll with Wandale, who's the future at the position. And you have Shepard come in on specific sets. Um, if you're going to do some more bunch stuff, if you want to put some guys in motion. Um, he's a physical guy, you know, decent run blocker. He can do some stuff for you. He's, he's experienced as a veteran. But I think we're beyond Shepard being a starter on this team because – if we situate him as a starter and he and we lose him again to injury, we're just setting ourselves up for failure at this point. You know what I mean? We're just setting ourselves up for disappointment. So having him as a backup, as a reserve, coming off the bench, helping uh, this team wherever they need, you know, supplement stuff, platoon the slots position for the timing. He can play on the outside if need be. If someone else gets injured, he can slide in and help out. You know, that's where I see his role kind of filling. I don't want to see him as a starter anymore. I don't view him as a starter anymore. I see him as kind of this utility piece that can keep everybody else healthy and also add some value to this offense and not have to rely on him because as long as we're relying on him we're just waiting for a hole to open up at wherever he's playing because the health history suggests that we cannot trust him in that department so anthony when, I, when you kind of hear that does that make sense to you i don't see him as a starter anymore but i think he can definitely have some value as a utility piece no i totally agree i think that that is where his value lies it's as a player that is going to be more in the background i think that if the giants go into the season expecting Sterling Shepard to be a starter, they're probably setting themselves up for failure. And you don't want to go into a situation like that because with Shepard, even if he is one of the best talents on the roster, I mean, look at his career. It's been very productive. He was really good for those first three games before he got hurt. He had 13 receptions, 154 yards, and a touchdown in three games. Like That's a really good stat line. That's a starting level receiver out of Sterling Shepard for the beginning part of 2022. But then he got injured again, and that happens every single year, it seems like. So if the Giants go into the season again, expecting him to go out there and be that starting level player, they're going to be a disappointed. And so I think that I agree with you. You're right in the sense that Shepard may be a starting level talent, but he clearly can't like handle a full season's workload. He just can't do it. So you kind of just want him to be a really good backup for you who comes in, plays in certain packages, goal line situations. He's a great route runner, maybe a third and short. If you're going five wide, something crazy like that. I think that Sterling Shepard does have an avenue to see playing time on this team. And I think he'll see a good portion of it. I think he's probably on the field a lot, actually, because I still think Shepard's a really good player. Plus with Wandale Robinson, Wandale was injured in week six. Shepard was injured in week three, so he's got to have at least three weeks ahead of Wandale Robinson in the road to recovery. In fact, on that note, Sterling Shepard actually did release a little statement to Josina Anderson of CBS Sports. She said that she was on the phone with Sterling Shepard, and he told her that he, quote, started running last Monday for the first time on the grass, end quote. So he said that it went really well, so that's a good first sign. He's on his way there. He's getting back to full strength. Will he be ready for week one? I'm not sure. Will Wandale Robinson be ready for week one? I don't know. So the Giants still need to add more receiving talent. And a guy like OBJ, who just had that workout, looked really good, looked strong. He is ready to play week one. So I, I think that, listen, Sterling Shepard, I'm happy he's back. I love what he provides as a leader and everything. But I don't expect him to be on the field all that much, especially at the beginning part of the season. So Alex, I assume you're in the same boat. This is just step one of adding depth. But the Giants still need to go into free agency in the draft and bolster this receiving core regardless. A hundred percent. I mean, if you guys are looking at social media, Pro Football talks that OBJ is looking for twenty million per year, but then Jeremy Fowler or somebody else comes out and said he has not made any demands um, in terms of yearly salary. If he wants twenty million per year, 
I am not on board with that. You know, 20 mil per season for OBJ, you can miss me with that. Not committing that much money to him, coming off a second ACL tear. It's too much. You know what I mean? It's too much. We don't know what he really has. We don't know how much gas he has in the tank. If you're looking at like 12 to $13 million, I could get on board with that. You know, I, I could find a way to justify that. $15 million, I could I could even squeeze a little bit more if we had to, but 20 is too much for me. You're talking about, um, you know, <laughs> you're talking about almost double the amount Saquon Barkley is going to get paid if he plays on the tag. So it's like, you know, the value you're getting is just not worth it, in my opinion. But because the demand, because the market is so thin at receiver, who's to say he doesn't get that much? You know, it's definitely possible. Uh, but it would be kind of crazy to see all these guys really come in and, you know, just put the band back together as, as old times uh, uh, would suggest. And it's, it's fun. This is going to be a really interesting offseason. The Giants have right now, according to Over the Cap, $16.2 million. Of course, this is before any reconstructed contracts for Leonard Williams, Dory Jackson, Kenny Galladay is going to save $6.7 mil. Um, so we do have a couple bucks to spend. Tomorrow, we're going to look at TJ Edwards. We're going to look at some of these linebackers that we haven't really touched on just yet. There's a couple guys who um, will be available. The, the linebacker group in the free agency has suddenly become very, very deep. This was a kind of a unit that there was a couple standouts. David Long, Shermaine Edmonds, you know, Jeremy Pratt. There was a couple guys like, all right, we know who the big guys are. But now you're adding guys like TJ Edwards, you're adding Eric Kendricks, you're adding Bobby Wagner, you're adding um, uh, White, you're adding Levanta David. There's so many linebackers now on the free agency market. So the Giants, now that there's a lot of uh, supply, should theoretically drive the price down for some of these guys. So Maybe we can cash in on some um, some players that um, are being undervalued and fit our scheme really nicely, Anthony. So, you know, what are your thoughts about kind of the, you know, talking about TJ Edwards tomorrow, the linebacker core, and how they're going to kind of work? I, I think it's going to be linebacker, wide receiver, 1A, 1B priorities. Those are going to be the two positions we're seeing a lot of investment in, whether it's draft capital or financially. Yeah, well, we're hearing a lot of buzz about the Giants and their interest in the linebacking, linebackers in free agency. I saw a report that said that they're interested in TJ Edwards specifically. We've also seen, you know, David Long come up. We, we know that Eric Kendricks has a connection to the coaching staff. I, and I think that the first domino to fall, as Patricia Trainer, Sports Illustrated said, will be the linebacker position. I think, yes, extending Shep, good move, get, get your veteran, solid backup receiver, and they're going to continue to address the wide receiver position. they got to probably add at least one starter in free agency to just to prepare themselves for the draft but with TJ Edwards and some of these other linebackers there is so much talent out there this offseason and it is such a huge need for the Giants and they actually have a lot of money to spend to make competitive offers now that's not to say that they go out there break the bank sign a linebacker to a, a contract north of 10 million per season it means that any of those players that they want to sign, the Giants have, in theory, more money to sign them than anybody else. So when it comes down to negotiations, matching contract offers, and a bidding war on a player like a TJ Edwards, the Giants should be able to win whatever bidding war they want to, as long as the player makes sense for them and the team makes sense for the players. So TJ Edwards, speaking of him specifically, I think there's a really good chance, considering that we just heard that the Giants plan to pursue him, that tomorrow afternoon he could be agreed to a deal in principle with the Giants. It's possible. As soon as that legal tampering period starts, we've all seen it happen where just contract after contract after contract just gets signed immediately. You see all these players just get picked up out of free agency. Tomorrow's going to be really exciting. I can't wait. I'm super excited. Of course, to talk about TJ Edwards, whoever the Giants sign, if it's not Edwards or if it is, but I'm excited to discuss all of that right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Comment your thoughts on Sterling Shepard and your excitement for tomorrow, the legal tampering period, down below in the comment section. And make sure to subscribe 
subscribe to the channel if you're new and ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. But we'll catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants. Thank you.